0: Turn out there below. Mm. Old Palmer's music had better be good. Boronskaya would hardly be dancing the leading role if it wasn't. What a who? Who
1: exactly
0: is Boronskaya? Since you've stood in a queue for six hours waiting to see her dance, I
1: should have thought Not you Not to might... see anybody, to hear.
0: Hello and welcome to the Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture. I'm Susan Araslin.
1: I'm David Dahl.
0: And this week we watched the second to last movie in the 1948 nominees, the dance film, The Red Shoes.
1: Yeah, I. Uh...
0: I both feel like there is so much to talk about and so very little. Because this movie is an hour and a half long.
1: Oh, God, no, no. It's like 2.15.
0: Oh, yeah. It's long. But fully 30 minutes of it is just watching ballet. Like, no plot, no anything. And 20 of those minutes are in a row.
1: (laughs) I gotta be honest, those were the only 20 minutes I liked.
0: Yeah, you know, I... Hmm. So it's weird, because I like dance as an art form. I started dancing when I was five and then quit when I was 18 and it was very clear that this was not what I was going to do with my life. (laughs) I still do it recreationally and I like going to see it a lot and I even found the ballet to be fucking boring in this movie (laughs) and then the surrounding movie was just melodramatic and kind of embarrassing.
1: Yeah I mean I, I would not go that far but i do think that the movie around the ballet is just completely wrong-headed about whose story this is because it seems to have a dim understanding from the plot that this is the dancer's story that this is her story but it spends all of its fucking time
0: with the men fighting over her (laughs) with
1: the men fighting over her
0: yeah All of it It
1: leads to this interesting effect where the end of the movie plays as her having a complete psychological break in a way that's really understandable, because the universe she's in doesn't seem to care about her struggle very much. But it also makes just long portions of the movie really boring.
0: Yeah, it's really remarkable how boring it is to watch two men fight over a woman.
1: We say that, and that is <laughs> what a lot of this movie is, and it's wrong headed. But for 40 minutes, they don't even fight over her. You're just watching two men go, like, make an art. Huh, yeah. Uh. Why won't people let me make more art? <laughs> the first 40 minutes of this movie do not need to exist. Like, there's almost nothing until... You introduce the red shoes, the ballet within the film that is needed here. There's five minutes of setup in that 40 minute sequence yeah, that really come into play. I will speak up for the ballet in this a little bit more. I mean, it's cliched dream ballet. It is the dream ballet people make fun of when they make fun of dream ballet. Ah, yes, this could never be staged, but ah, film and the power of imagination. But like, it plays pretty well. Plays a lot better than anything else in this movie. It is the rare piece of art people are supposed to be obsessed with in a film where I don't go... Why the fuck are you obsessed with that hunk of crap? I actually get why people would be obsessed with the red shoes in this universe.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I guess my big issue with it is the this could never be stage quality of it because there's a lot of stuff that really can only happen in film. For instance, she jumps from being on point in regular pale pink ballet shoes into laced up red On point ballet shoes, which you can't do on stage. Yeah. So I spent the rest of the ballet thinking, how would you stage that? And then had to go back and watch the whole fucking thing over again because I'd completely spaced out on, like, well, how would you do this? And then there's a bunch of other, like, overcut film stuff, which... To be fair, now that we have scribs and projectors and video and max MSP and jitter and QLab and all of these things, we actually could make that happen. But that didn't bother me as much as that one moment of jumping from the regular shoes into the red shoes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think the turn from it being a staged ballet into it being the sort of idea of the ballet, the what is it evoking for the audience? I I mean, clearly at some point you're fucking doing that because by the end, people are like turning into eagles and shit.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) By the
1: end, you are obviously not looking at the staged version of this thing. But I don't think that turn is particularly effective. I think you're right. The first couple of times it happens, you're like, is there a second version of her in the glass? What is the audience seeing? What's happening here?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) By about five minutes into that 17-minute sequence, I'm just into it. It took me a while to go with it on... This is how it feels to the audience, because that's the only way to interpret that sequence. It's the only way that that sequence makes any fucking sense. Right. But it doesn't hold your hand to that. You do just have to kind of decide that at some point because it's stopped making any sense otherwise. That's the movie in Microcosm.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Because that's also her emotional arc. I guess that she has had a full psychological break from the dissonance between wanting to embrace a physical love on Earth with the the guy whose name I can't be bothered to remember, Julian, and the transcendence of her art. And she's just having a full psychological break from that. And I'm guessing at that, because the movie has instead spent 40 minutes showing me how Julian and lermontov feel about all of this instead of showing me how she feels about fucking any of it
0: yeah it's wild to me that they have this fight over lermontov just says she can't have a relationship and be a great dancer and julian julian julius it doesn't matter it really does not matter at all is All, no, but I love her and she can dance anywhere. And Lermatov's like, but we're the best dance company in the whole world. And at no point do I get to see her really struggle with this idea of being able to maintain a romantic relationship and dedicate herself to her art. We see them struggling over her. Yeah, And it pissed me off. (laughs) frankly
1: (laughs) we should do a full plot outline because it is kind of necessary for understanding why this sucks so much yeah like why specifically what you're talking about sucks so much the movie is all right it's not my thing but i get why somebody would be obsessed with it you know but that thing specifically sucks we start off watching a ballet at the covent garden opera house A music student named Julian is there to watch a new ballet score by his music professor whose name is Professor Palmer. If you don't want to remember that, you don't have to, though, because in five minutes he won't fucking matter anymore at all. Nope. He is there because he apparently stole Julian's entire score, which is a weird rug pull that then itself doesn't fucking matter at all. (laughs) Nope. It is there (laughs) just so that Julian can be discovered by Lermontov in this way, where Lermontov, who runs this ballet company, can be a weird, creepy jerk about doing something nice. Fucking
0: everything. Right. But yes.
1: He also is a weird, creepy jerk about doing the nice thing of letting Victoria Page, an unknown dancer, into his ballet company after being a just absolute piece of shit jerk to her and her aunt, aunt? yeah, then there's some modestly well-observed stuff about, like, theater person life, where Vicky and Julian are sort of completely at sea their first day, and everybody just kind of shoves them around and is trying to do their own thing, and, like that's fine. And it also doesn't fucking matter at all, because we then skip ahead to when they've both been embraced by the company for kind of no reason. Um, Julian definitely for no reason, and Vicky mostly because the prima ballerina of the company goes off and gets married. Um, They both sort of have their big shot in a new ballet based on Hans Christian Andersen's The Red Shoes about a girl who wants to dance and gets a magic pair of red shoes that lets her dance but then force her to dance forever until she dies. Could this be a metaphor for something? Let's find out after we watch a full 20-minute sequence of The Red Shoes.
0: I'm figuring out now actually what bothers me about the ballet in this is that it feels... So extraordinarily outdated with the makeup and everything. And this ends up carrying over into the makeup for most of the people in the movie when they are not on stage because the movie is shot in Technicolor. And the makeup definitely was not <laughs> made for that. Yeah. Everyone looks kind of weirdly pasty and has blush on. And it is very obviously makeup that was perfect for black and white when you need to be able to bring out people's features because otherwise they kind of get lost. And it makes the whole movie feel very, very stagey, even when we're not on stage. Anyway. Anyway. I digress. So yes, we watched 20 minutes of The Red Shoes.
1: I will still stand behind it and say it's at the very least, it's definitely the best part of the movie. And even though it is kind of outdated, I think it works better than anything else in the movie. And I think it works pretty well for its plot function, which is this is like this brush with the transcendent. This is why Vicky needs dance instead of just wants to dance. But then we get into the reason she can't dance, which is we are told and not shown that she and Julian are in love now. And uh, Lermontov has also suddenly and really deeply...
0: Intuited this somehow? Well, he is (laughs) definitely
1: just told that, but he has sort of out of nowhere decided to fall in love with her, too. And because of this love triangle that is incredibly hastily developed, Lermontov decides to be a real dick to Julian and fire him and also fire the choreographer and then unfire the choreographer in a bit of business that makes you go, huh? Okay. And then uh, Vicky leaves with Julian and they get married And we are told and not shown that she can never be happy in that marriage because she can't dance in it. Because...
0: Because obviously Lermontov has the only ballet company on the planet Earth.
1: (laughs) Right. He brings up that he has her under contract just so he can go, I'm going to release her from her contract. And then she just goes, well, I just can't dance anywhere on Earth. And it's like, what? Okay. You have a perfectly good reason why she can't dance anywhere on Earth. Why not just keep the under contract thing? Anyway, she goes off and like cheats on Julian by going and doing the red shoes again. Um, with Lermontov and like it is definitely treated that way yeah like that's absurd but that is how it is treated within the film and
0: everyone treats it that way like she is aware of it julian shows up and Lermontov is like no she can never be with you now and it's like because she did a ballet are we fucking for real here
1: (laughs) julian genuinely walks in with the line I wondered all the way from London if I would find you here. And it's like the dressing room of a ballet where I assume she was on a poster of she will be performing this because there's a fucking audience there. So like, yeah, that's where she would be, my man. Anyway, Julian and Lermontov fight over like whether she can simply love Julian or must live for dance And she chooses dance and Lermontov is like, I've won. But then she decides or the red shoes decide, which honestly, like I thought was going to be the more interesting interpretation because there's the scene where the red shoes, the ballet is introduced, has this interesting bit of magic like this is a cursed object to it. And so do the shoes, like the shoes themselves have kind of this weird introductory scene. Yeah. But then when you get to her running off into the street and jumping in front of a train, because of the red shoes, just doesn't play at all. Like, it is because she has been forced into this impossible choice. The choreography is supposed to be doing it, and the choreography isn't what's interesting there.
0: Except that Lermontov and everyone is like, oh, where is she? Why is she not on stage? And then she just kind of tippy-toes off of this giant balcony, which, you know, luckily overlooks some train tracks. Uh, Yeah,
1: it's weird.
0: Which Julian, of course, sees her throw herself off of this balcony in front of a train and tries to run to her, which, I mean, I guess you would, even though that's nonsensical, because how is he gonna stop her? But, oh my god, I hate this movie now that I'm going into it in more detail. (laughs) I really, really hate any kind of property where a woman is torn between two things and then the way that she negotiates that is just to bow out Through suicide i really hate that i
1: honestly just sort of hate that whole cliche making art is hard i don't want to deny that but this kind of movie really trips it over into do artists not know that other people have to work (laughs) that other people have to make decisions these movies very often become a thing of like you don't understand the difficulty of art is that you have to devote yourself to a craft. And sometimes that craft comes into conflict with your everyday life. And it's like-
0: That's a job. That's
1: a job. You're describing a job. <laughs> yeah. You're describing having a job. That shit's tough. When I have tried to make art in my life, it has been tough. But there is this weirdly overwrought sense of it being unique to artists.
0: Well, and what's also really infuriating about it is- she is married to a composer. Right. Julian actually gets it and is totally okay with her dancing. It's just that Lermontov has somehow essentially abused this woman into thinking that he is the end-all, be-all, and only dance company director on the planet. And the fact is he didn't even want to see her dance at the beginning and then she was dancing for another company it's not as if there's a dearth of ballet companies in europe he's like based in england but he's a a russian expat i guess yeah and she's the most famous dancer in the world wherever she goes is going to be the new best dance company in the world This is a movie about a man who has abused a woman into thinking that she needs him and horribly manipulating her into suicide because of it.
1: To me, the thing that bothers me about that most is that the movie kind of comes to that conclusion by accident because it is so clearly more interested in how Lermontov feels about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. The dramatic climax of the film is not watching her die. It's watching Lermontov announce to the audience that she has died.
0: Oh, she will never be dancing anything else again. Right. Oh, fuck you, dude.
1: (laughs) The movie is successful when it remembers it is her story in that way when it actually remembers to make the choice between going off with her perfectly fine composer husband who could just write a new ballet for her and the two of them could live a happy life, or this abusive relationship that let her touch something transcendent. If you make that choice difficult and are actually upfront about the abusive part of that, i mean like that's black swan right
0: right yeah it is an actually really (laughs) compelling film right it's interesting that you bring it up i mean i guess it's kind of the obvious thing to bring up right is that black swan is the dance film that everyone knows now and this was apparently the dance film that everyone knew for a very long time but it is remarkable how much black swan feels like they just watched this movie and went, oh, how do we make this contemporary and make the psychological abuse part clear and something that needs to be explored? rather than, what do these two men think and feel? And whoops, I guess we kind of forgot that we have this woman in between who is being driven out of her mind. Absolutely. Lermontov does not feel indicted enough to me. No,
1: he absolutely isn't. People
0: literally laugh about her calling him a monster. And it's like, why are you laughing? He's a piece of shit who treats everybody like garbage. And I fucking hate, hate, hate when artistic men are given the license to be absolute dicks because they're geniuses and that's just what comes with the territory. It fucking doesn't. You can be a nice person and still be an incredible artist.
1: This is why I hate auteur theory too, is because it is actually just license for a man to take credit for the work of a shit ton of people. Again, this movie seems really confused because it does want to show you that the ballet is in fact the work of a small army of people and not just Lermontov. He's
0: not even the choreographer.
1: Right. But it also does want to make Lermontov this like singular figure, the greatest dance company in the world. Like she can go nowhere else. But that's all bullshit. And, like, on a weird level, this movie knows that's all bullshit, but then at the end, it still wants you to, like, care about his struggles. Does this movie think that he is in love with her? Or does this movie think that the bullshit he spews about having some, like, pure love of what she could do artistically is true? Because this movie kind of gives you an out where you could think that. But, like, Bullshit! I
0: honestly don't know. I mean, I don't feel like... I don't feel like the movie sets up any kind of real romantic entanglement there. I think it is just that he is obsessed with her, and that he is just intrinsically possessive. So he doesn't want anyone else to have her attention. But, I mean, he didn't do this over the last prima ballerina who left to get married, so... I guess he's in love with her. Right. He's never shown her a moment of tenderness. No. Not one. No.
1: And like, it is the story, right? Like, I think Anton Walbrook is fine in this, with the part he is given, playing Lermontov.
0: I, yeah, I think he's actually trying really hard to bring some kind of humanity to this character that is written without any.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Who is a just a total archetype of hard-ass ballet master.
1: I think one of the reasons why I kind of am more forgiving of the dream ballet than you is once it goes full dream ballet, you also get the sense of, oh, this is what the director actually gave a shit about. This is actually like, this is the point of the movie, this sequence. And I do think that your criticisms are well-founded. I do think that... It is simultaneously weirdly stagey and completely unstageable, and you kind of need to pick one. But I do also think it is the moment where you get at the psychology of this. You get at some emotional stakes instead of being told emotional stakes, instead of being told like, they're in love. And you're like, really? Because they sleep and like, leave it to beaver style separate beds. Whatever. Sure. Great. That's
0: the code. Right.
1: But you get one scene where he says he's super happy with her. And that's really the sum total of affection that our much better relationship is shown that Julian and Vicky rather than Vicky and Lermontov is shown because this movie is eh, like it's the love triangle is a means to an end. Right. And it doesn't really care about making it compelling Which is a problem because it then wants the compelling thing to be how the men feel about this love triangle. Yeah. And like, no.
0: I will say that the Dream Belly is worth watching. Yeah. Even though it totally took me out in like the first 30 seconds and I had to go back and rewatch it. Which, the fact that I went back to rewatch it is an endorsement of watching (laughs) it. Because there's been plenty of things in movies where I've been like, wait, what the fuck just happened? And I did not rewind.
1: (laughs) I think kind of the thing I will say to indict that sequence a little bit is that I also kind of spaced out a little bit at the like two to five minute period. But I kind of went with it. I kind of went like, where are we now? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, weird. We're just like, we are in it now. Like we are just.
0: Oh, I came back at the end of the ballet, David. I missed the whole thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I came back in when she was running through the melting hallway of paintings. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in it for this.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty cool when it's doing that. I'm not going to indict it for that at all. I'm just saying this one effect right at the beginning was like, well, you can't do that on stage. (laughs) And then I sat there and went, well, how would you do this on stage? (laughs) Which is a particular to me problem, probably.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I was trying to go with you in the sense of I was a little derailed by that, too. But I just sort of went like, eh, I guess I'll check back in. Because there is a while where you're like, is this going to be a 42nd Street style thing where at the end of it, I have to pretend like this was all on stage. (laughs) Yes. And, like, during that period where you're asking yourself that, it is unsuccessful. Because I don't think you are supposed to ask that, but I definitely did. And once you're done asking that, once that question has been firmly resolved in favor of Dream Ballet, it's actually pretty rad. But until then... I agree with you that what are we doing here? Why are we doing these weird jump cut effects and pretending like that's cool? Among other things, you don't quite match the shots and it's infuriating.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can give him that because, you know, it's 48, whatever. Yeah. I feel like I have to rate this movie in two different ways.
1: Oh, for sure. So,
0: like, Dream Ballet 8 and a half?
1: Yeah, like, I, like, I, yes, to even sub-review that sub-review, once it gets rolling, Dream Ballet is 10 out of 10. But the, like, runway to the Dream Ballet is 5 out of 10. It's a
0: little bumpy on takeoff. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, yeah, I think 8 out of 10 for Dream Ballet is fair. And then, like, 2, 3 out of 10 for the rest of the movie?
0: Yeah, I mean, plot 1, Uh, <laughs> I will give it that Lermontov is doing a good job acting-wise. Yeah. um, Or the guy playing Lermontov. Moira Shear, who plays Vicky, is not an actor. She was a professional ballerina, which when I initially read that, I thought, oh, dear God. (laughs) But she's actually, when she is able to be on screen and we are able to see how she feels, she is actually a very compelling actor. Uh, She does a whole lot with very few lines and very little screen time (laughs) i really hated marius goring as julian i thought he was utterly fucking charmless yeah his eyes were bright red in every shot and i'm like is this actor showing up to work drunk or hungover or both every day and he seemed On top of not very good, I felt like he was also miscast because he seemed like he was too old to be a composer student who falls in love with this young ballerina.
1: Yes. Again, I want to blame the script a little bit because Julian is forever just suddenly in places. And you're like, why is he here? Who let him in this room? How did he get to do that (laughs) so someone could yell at him that he shouldn't do that? What is this person's life? But, I think it is a very difficult role to pull off, yeah, but he absolutely doesn't pull it off.
0: I think that the supporting cast of the rest of the ballet company are excellent, yes, and are doing some real work to defend Vicky when she is not on screen. <laughs> because neither of these men are and actually giving her a kind of humanity that the two men who are fighting over her do not.
1: Yes, and a lot of this movie can feel like sort of straw manny about like art. Mmm, art, making art. But like, these are believable theater weirdos, you know? Like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're blue collar worker people. They go and they build sets and they show up and they do choreography and like this is their job. And it's not all like, oh, but art is actually the religion. And it's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, a lot of it is just repetitive actions that lead to something.
1: (laughs) Right. I think the choreographer who never gives compliments is kind of a cliche. But I don't think of the old man who's just there for some reason is a huge cliche, but that's a theater thing. Who is he again? Why? It's fine. You know what? He's right. Guy who's here for some reason has a point.
0: I I think he's the company manager, but yeah.
1: Like, I think that's true, but I don't think it's ever explicit. Maybe it's explicitly stated.
0: It's probably not.
1: (laughs) For the first couple of scenes, he is definitely just old man who is here for some reason. At first, I thought it was like a reference. Oh, is this guy a guy in real life and I'm supposed to know who he is or something? But then it's just like, oh, no, he's just the company guy who comments on stuff sometimes which is like a producery managery role but is also just like kind of weird
0: also nobody actually gives a shit what his opinion is and does whatever they want anyway (laughs) right that's why i assumed he was the company (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's, That's fair. Anyway, like all of that stuff I do think is well observed. And it's unfortunately not enough of the movie because it's very busy with those characters moving things into place for the love triangle a lot of the time. Whenever that is happening, the sort of lived in reality of them fades to the background in favor of, you know, suddenly all anybody wants to talk about is Vicky and Julian getting together. And it's like, this is a ballet company. There are three Who's Fucking Now stories a week.
0: At least!
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that that's the full story. That's all anyone's talking about at somebody else's birthday party. <laughs> like,
0: what what? like Right. And imagine just showing them falling in love. What an idea.
1: <laughs> right. It has these real jumps in quality. But I do think that the plot of this, the story of the movie part, is not successful it's a yeah it's
0: like a two it, or a three yeah don't watch this
1: yeah don't watch it but maybe you just find
0: the dream ballet on youtube
1: yeah i think that's fair weirdly i think we don't give a combined score they're basically two different films so like this movie just gets two scores
0: i don't think you can yeah because it's not fair to the dream ballet and it's not fair to give the rest of the film that high of a mark <laughs> Yeah. And doing it by, you know, amount of time spent also doesn't really make any sense because the dream ballet is not a whole lot of the movie, but it feels like a lot of the movie because it is pretty unusual to see an entire dance sequence that is 20 plus minutes long where there's not even, you know, people in the wings commenting on what's happening or in the audience like we are really watching this ballet piece. (laughs)
1: Here is a question I want to ask, which maybe we should save for next week's episode, because it's sort of a rating these movies against each other question, which is a little bit weird uh, because we don't usually do bracket of one head to head. This beats Hamlet, right?
0: Oh, fuck yeah. If
1: somehow (laughs) Hamlet and this were the only movies that got released in 1948, this should win. Which is kind of the closest to a combined rating I will give this movie.
0: Yes, it is better than Laurence Olivier's Hamlet. I will absolutely say that. Yeah. With zero reservations. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, next week, speaking of our final film for 1948, we are watching the snake pit
1: and in a year of 80s thriller novel movie posters oh yeah jesus this poster
0: i definitely feel like this was for sale in every airport when i was (laughs) like six years old
1: yeah it's it's really something and we'll see if the movie is too i guess
0: and it stars olivia de Havilland, so that's nice to have her back on the podcast so to speak yeah So, tune in next week to find out how that goes and to see what was actually the best film of 1948. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it was not Hamlet. And until then.
1: This was a dream ballet surrounded by. You know, in the second season of a TV show, when they try and set up a love triangle and then the audience hates it and they like hastily abandon it? They're like, forget we said anything. Forget the whole thing. They
0: never dated. They never dated. They're all now with different people. Everything's fine.
1: Yeah. It was surrounded by that. Oh, yeah. Bye, everybody.
0: (laughs) Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to tell you that Miss Page is unable to dance tonight. Nor indeed any other night's. Nevertheless, we've decided to present the shoes. It is the belly that made her name, whose name she made. We present it because
1: we think she would have wished it.